Good Monday morning, LBC Radio. My name is Corey Rosen, and you are listening to the Story Podcast. Today, I have a special guest, Liam Galliano. Liam started playing bass in Lancaster County High School when Primus's Tommy the Cat inspired him to stop pretending to play clarinet and start pretending to slap bass. Luckily, thanks in large part to lessons with professors and consummate bassist uh, Tim Wolf. Liam learned to tastefully play any genre at least well enough to not get fired. This has led him to a still early but successful career of session work and live performance for a huge variety of artists and genres, not limited to his 75 gender baz, 75 fender baz, not gender baz. Uh, Liam also plays upright bass in musicals, and six-string bass in his own music. He released a Christmas album performed exclusively on solo bass and voice and plans to release some new original music this year. Before joining Soul Miners Union, Liam toured with Sun and Rain and shared bills with some of the top names in that scene, including Perpetual Groove, Papadocio, and Talk. Did I say those right? Talk. Talk. Okay. Uh, while he while still while he still loves the absolutely bombastic creativity of high school idols Les Claypool and Brian Ritchie, Liam's biggest influences today are those bass legends that have not only chops but also restraint. Through studying Marcus Miller, Chuck Rainey, James Jamerson, Victor Wooten, Getty Lee, and so many others, Liam has found his own voice. As the great Ian Martin Allison says, I have never wanted to be the star. I only wanted to be the star's bass player. Liam, how are you doing today? Good, man. And let me first just say, uh, good job on that gigantic bio. Yeah, uh, I'm list, sorry for yeah. sending such a long one. No, no, it, that's totally fine. I'm totally game for it. It's, uh, reading has always been a, uh, a pastime of mine. And I'm just glad I got through that without messing up any, any uh, one word. I messed up talk. Oh, yeah, but that's everyone messes that up. Yeah. I, it's spelled T-A-U-K for yeah. the listeners. So I, I, I don't know. I, these are some things I probably should do before show. But you know what? It's all good. So Indeed. you say you have you had all of, you started playing clarinet in your own bio. What yeah. uh, what inspired that? Uh, just back in fourth grade, I had to pick an instrument. I think the clarinet, for whatever reason, um, just came naturally to me. Mm. Like the the embouchure, um, I think, can be difficult for some people. And for some reason, it was just natural for me, which is sort of unfortunate because playing the instrument uh, was not particularly enjoyable for me. No, really? Yeah. I, I picked up clarinet um, out of high school because I started one of – have this goal of mine to learn the basics of every single instrument and as a composer i feel like that's kind of like important to know anyway and especially if i want to go into like teaching music that's you have to know how to play the basics of every instrument and the clarinet i found was rather easy for me to pick up as well um it wasn't too hard uh the embouchure was a, a new thing for sure as playing percussion for all my years having to actually uh learn how to breathe and learn how to put your lips on something that it is not natural to have your lips on. Right. Um, and then having to have this concept of, of a reed and have that wet and have that perfectly, to, like, uh, perfectly 
what is that like you have to like tie it tie it in there perfectly yep, yep, so yep. it actually makes a sound yeah and uh i still have it to this day and i i love the playing playing a little i feel like squidward almost playing around <laughs> on it um right. is was that one of your inspirations that did you ever watch spongebob as a kid of course what, did, yeah did you ever spongebob ed and eddie all that cartoon network stuff did you ever want to play clarinet like squidward <laughs> well, I don't think he played it very well, did he? No, well, sometimes he I did. I think they made fun of him a lot for it. Sometimes, sometimes I probably did, did play it like Squidward. Ah, I, don't yeah. know, I don't know if I want to. That's yeah. fair. But, dude, it's funny, man, like talking about the embouchure. Uh, I broke it out, the clarinet, um, you know, a little while ago after not playing for years. And it just, I played for 10 seconds and my mouth was on fire. fire. It's just like it uses these muscles that, that you nothing never else use. uses. It, that's yeah, because I don't play any other woodwind instruments. So right. I'm sure it's the same as a sax and all that, or similar. Um, it's, in the muscle, you know, it's kind of it, yeah, it's kind of similar. Uh, it's it it's definitely nuanced. We'll put it that way. because uh, you there's all sort of different ways to right. play an instrument, um, and all sorts of wrong ways to play an instrument. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, Ambusher, yeah, dude, when I started playing, I, I took Brass Lab here at LBC mm. uh, this past semester, and oh my gosh, if you don't have small or, like, big lips, for you, if you can't play, it's so hard to play French horn if you have big lips. French oh, horn, yeah, yeah. The, the mouthpiece is, like, this, the size of a nickel, oh, and the, uh, like, the amount of control you have to have over your mouth not not only with the like the buzzing that you have to do, but also like the position of your lips, lips, lip positions. I have I didn't even know about that you could actually accomplish, and with such a, a, a tedious instrument that one small change can because it's based on the harm, off the harmonic series. So if mm. you make one change, it go, it goes up like a little bit of a note, mm. and uh, French horn was almost near impossible. Tuba, if you don't have big lips, good luck. You're, you know because that 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 yeah. one's the size of a, right, right. like a one dollar coin or something like that, and uh, the amount of <laughs> it almost feels like if you've ever gone to the dentist and gotten like a like a, a shot to numb your numb your lips. It's exactly what's what like. That's exactly how it feels yeah. like after you're done playing uh, one of those instruments for a long time, and you're just a, a beginner. Well, or ten seconds for me. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> yeah. exactly. It's it, but it's, it's a wild. lot of fun though. It is a lot oh, of fun. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, they sound great. Even though I don't like playing the clarinet, I love hearing the clarinet. Yeah, and it's a beautiful instrument. Yeah. So when did you start? Uh, stop pretending to play clarinet, <laughs> yeah, yeah. as you said. Uh, I think I was seventeen. Seventeen. Oh, yeah. so you kind of waited a while. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I yeah I didn't start until high school, and uh, I think I actually started on drums for just a little bit, and mm -hmm. my brother uh, was playing bass. My dad's a bass player. Gotcha. Uh, and so, you know, we kind of, my brother and I knew we wanted to, you know, start a band or something. And uh, strangely, after, yeah, just a couple weeks, we switched. So he became a drummer, and then I got really into the bass. Oh, cool. Yeah. So um, going, back, going back to the clarinet thing for a little bit, did you ever do marching band or I did stuff? Yeah, and so around the same time that I switched to bass, uh, I actually also switched to bass clarinet. Mm. Uh, and so I played bass clarinet in the marching band. I also played some bass guitar in the marching band, too, in, in the pit. But when we, when we were doing parades, I played bass clarinet. And uh, that's a great instrument. So you must have, like, cast of steel. And... Oh, yeah. 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 
I uh, I marched the uh, the Glockenspiel. Some people oh, yeah. some people had their pit and they were lucky. I <laughs> I had to wear like you marched two and a, yeah two and a half oh, octaves. God, How's your back doing? Oh, it's horrible, <laughs> and because um you know kids don't think about their posture at all. Nope. So, so uh, yeah, and and the carriers weren't good at all. They they there was literally just shoulder straps, not even not even a back strap or belly strap, whatever you want to call those things. And it was literally uh, it was a chest strap and it had two forks on the side that it, it was Velcro onto. So um, it was and you had the march like thirty minute shows or fifteen. How long are they? How long is halftime usually? Fifteen minutes, thirty minutes. Something like that. Yeah. But, more like 15, probably. But I think it's 15, yeah. Yeah, but parades... For high school. Parades can be hours. Yeah, par- no, parades were the worst. Yeah. Here's a really funny story about a parade we did. Um, yeah. So, we we did in Georgetown, uh, Delaware. And um, we were coming up to the judges' station, but we had mistimed our music. So, we, we had uh, finished... It was... Winter Wonderland. I remember this specifically. So we had just finished that, and uh, it was right. We were right before the judges' station. So the band director was like, "Well, instead of just doing cadences by the judges' center, we're mm-hmm. gonna, you know, actually play the song again." So as soon mm-hmm. as it ended, she do- she does the tweet, 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 tweet for the roll off, mm-hmm. and uh, they and the drummers do the roll off, and I'm like, "All right, let's go." But apparently, the rest of the band didn't know what was going on. So it was oh, only no. the drum line. So I was the only Glockenspiel player. <laughs> play, I, so for, and no one decided to join in the rest of the song either. So yeah. I was, it was just me and the drums, like a, per, a percussion feature of that song. And I can't imagine what the, what the judges were thinking, what was going on. It's like, what is only, there's only one so melody funny. instrument compared to like a whole, like, Six or I guess there was there was four basses, there was two tenors, there was four snare drums, and then me. <laughs> That's so, wild. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was the one of the most funny things that because you would think okay they're starting it and they're not stopping and the band director isn't yelling at us maybe right. we should start playing along as well. You would think. You would think no the entire time they just they just sat quietly and just kept marching and I'm like, well this is awesome but this is also kind of embarrassing because because. I'm. I wasn't the best. I wasn't the uh, best at like practicing at all. Yeah. And well, who is I've, in high school? And yeah, you're marching. You're you know you're marching around lugging this this like maybe seventy seventy pound instrument on yeah. you as, as like a uh, what uh, what was I like fifteen sixteen year old and you're gonna mess up if you if yeah. you've got that and I have not played that song correctly because I I had forgotten some of the passage lines so I just made it up. Um, but I tell you what, that was the only time I played the, the, cause I was so self-conscious. I was like, I was all pistons firing. How do I remember this? How do I play it? Right. Yeah. And I, I played it perfectly. That's awesome. Man. And it's, it's wild. You have any stories like that? Any fun marching band stories? Oh man. You know, nothing's coming to mind. No? I feel bad. Nah, yeah. No, that's okay. I, I feel like my school was just wild. I remember one time we were marching, and uh, so one of my friends' snare just drops and rolls away. Oh, my and, God. Well, dude. we weren't actually on, like, a parade at that point, but that was, like, during a practice, and that was very funny. It was a literal drum roll. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> just stupid stuff like that. But um, nothing, oh, nothing you can think of? No, I'll tell you what, though, man. I'm thinking back to those days and just, like, 
I would drink like 10 Gatorades. Oh, yeah? I drink like 10 Gatorades. I'd eat like, you know, two pounds of French fries, like every single, every single game. And I'm just thinking back, like, if I did that today, man. Right. Oh, Uh, God. Yeah, that is one thing I miss about childhood is that being able to eat anything and not gaining any weight. Oh, I know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so we we kind of talked about uh, a little bit of the posture kind of thing and having like back problems, and that's a huge issue, especially for a lot of musicians that don't really know uh, what the proper playing style for their for their things are. Uh, we had Robin Chambers on, um, and she had said that her whole uh, her kind of one side of her faces was getting kind of deformed mm. because of how long she has been playing uh, violin, and uh, and she's had like almost permanent hickeys because of the violin and oh, <laughs> that's <man>. what <laughs> that was that was one adventure that I, I had starting to play violin is i started to get hickeys and my parents were like oh, what's going on you only have a girlfriend and i'm like listen you, that's funny man <laughs> yeah i never thought about situations. that but it makes perfect sense yeah because well, you're compressing you're compressing yeah and it's over here yeah it's it's, it's yeah. a little weird um but yeah and then you have neck cricks because you're just constantly like this yeah um, and we were talking pre-show that you had sustained an, in, uh, an injury from posture. Yeah, so I've got uh, some ulnar nerve issues right now. So kind of um, when I'm playing or when I'm using a computer uh, and I use my pinky uh, a lot, I start to get some pain in there and some numbness and, and that kind of thing. Is that from just overextension or? Yeah, so... I'm I'm going to physical therapy, mm-hmm. and uh, what the PT thinks it is is uh, all to do with posture. So yeah, it really is just it's all in my neck. Oh, it's all, all your, nerves, your neck. Yeah, because all because your nerves, you know, come from yeah, your, brain, your brain through your spine, neck, yeah. right down to your fingers. And so you know, I've so yeah. I mean, I was a musician. I've been a musician for years, practicing. And back in high school, I used to practice constantly you know, hours mm. and hours a day. That's, That's all I, I did <laughs> outside of school. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, on top of that, I worked a desk job then after mm. college as an actuary for a couple of years. And so I was hunched over a computer. Right, you know? right. And so I just kind of just years of just being hunched like that. And then of course, video games and mm-hmm. phones and all that stuff. And so, yeah, my neck is just kind of constantly forward. And, you know, like that cool, I mean, podcast listeners here won't be able to see this, but, you know, the cool thing like Joe Dart does, the bass player from Wolfpack, like when he's banging his head. He goes forward, yeah. He goes forward and back. And it looks cool and all that. He looks nice and groovy. And, you know, I do that too, just automatically, mm-hmm. not, you know, not for any reason, but that's just how I head bang naturally. And that is terrible. Is that's, it really? Oh, it's awful. Yeah, that's not how your your neck is supposed to go. I mean, like your spinal cord up here and your neck is supposed to go. Up and down. Up and down. Not forward. Left and right. Yeah. Yes and no. That's weird. And yeah, so when you go forward and back, you're just like I, putting your neck in this insane. That's weird. Position. I feel like that would that would be like almost a stretch almost. But in, in, well, I guess like it could painful. be for someone who's maybe a little healthier up here. Maybe. maybe it could be a stretch. But yeah, when you're doing it, you know, when, when you've played as many shows as I have and you're doing that, you're for, doing hour, that for hours, hours and, and nights. Hours. Yeah, and then you're hunched over a computer just so it catches up to you. Uh, yeah, that's something I've been uh, more self-conscious about, uh, being having like a hunchback instead of like kind of having a straighter back. Yeah, roll your shoulders back. Roll your shoulders back and yeah. sit up straight. And they, mm-hmm. <laughs> for whatever reason, they always tell you to do this, but you never do. 
and you then you all then you regret it later and you figure it out oh wait they were right it wasn't just right. a strictler stupid thing it was like oh they were actually trying to care for me right 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 because sitting uh, sitting upright it feels so unnatural especially Indeed. if if you're a kid who's only slumped his entire life um yeah. and you know playing video games doing all these other other stupid uh kid stuff and you're always going to be hunched over or looking at your phone your ipad whatever even the tv you're probably yep. you know not even sitting great but sitting up straight nowadays it's so hard um to consistently be like i will sit up straight and then my back will hurt right right you know what i mean because i've never used those muscles as much right and my body is in the natural position to hunch over but it's not it's not healthy for you at all no and it catches up to you and it, it yeah especially um playing the marching band uh not having correct posture at all for a lot of the time it's i went to the chiropractor and they said yeah your back is really weird your left side of your hip goes backwards and your front shoulder uh mm. goes backwards like this so it's it's kind of in this mangled state where we have to like straighten both sides out mm. and um is that like scoliosis is that no it's, that or? it's not sco- i don't have scoliosis but it's just uh trauma i guess they, I, I guess maybe their term they, what they might call it would be trauma induced scoliosis mm. to the point where it's it's been in this position for so long that it only knows that position yeah i just uh yeah, I just found out that I have scoliosis oh, recently, really? and I was never diagnosed with that in high school when they did all the tests and everything. Uh, yeah. And so I wonder if I could have trauma-induced scoliosis, yeah, or it, if it's just because I had a gross spurt or something after high school. Yeah, that, that, that always so happens, or too. Or that can happen. doesn't always happen. Um, but it's it's interesting com- combating, because when when you become older, you truly realize how connected your body is. Because... Yeah. Every, like you were just saying, your finger, it's all from your neck. Right. And sometimes sometimes uh, all your back pain can be from your feet if you don't walk correctly. Totally. And uh, that's something I've seen through many people is that I've, I, I don't know when this started, but I've always paid attention to how people walk because mm. I, I walk with my feet straight. Some people walk at more of an open angle right. or a closed angle. And I'm like, how do you do that? How does how this do you... is because you're in marching band. You probably have well, a roll step, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I love using the roll step. People, yeah. uh, whenever I'm walking and I take a drink like from like a bottle of water, people are like, how do you do that without spilling <laughs> right. it all over right. yourself? I'm like it's it's the roll step and it's yeah, yeah. really fun. And it's actually I, I don't know if it's healthy or not, but I'm sure it's. It's it's less I know for a fact it's less trauma basing besides like running or uh, like Definitely. actual walking and it's yeah, yeah. and it's much more it's healthier because you don't drag your feet. Yeah, I think it helps you uh keep everything above your feet in line mm-hmm. a little more. Yeah. yeah. I mean it's all like you said it's all connected. So like the other thing that like the sorts of exercises I'm doing for my pinky here uh are like ab exercises. Really? which seems insane yeah, well, yeah but it's all connected because if you're if you can strengthen your abs you'll have better posture in like your midsection mm. which allows you to actually have space, your neck yeah. back a little more because if you so like a lot of bass players guitar players myself included when we're holding the instrument we put our hips way out way out yep yeah because you know probably because like the guitar is right there so it like 
it's almost like your body yeah maybe counterbalance or just like your body feels like it should lean into it because it's there mm. you know so it's kind of subconscious well when you lean forward like that for your yeah. neck to be mm. at like a a normal level you have to push it forward you know because if you like put your hips forward and try to have your head back you're like looking up at the sky yeah or something, right yeah you know? yeah That's so, so it's all connected yeah, it's things crazy, you never man. think about as a person watching nonetheless yeah. actually doing it because you're never you never realize what you're doing when you're playing i know for right. a fact that when i play piano i'm always looking down and so i'm always like this having mm-hmm. like this t-rex position yeah, yeah which is super unhealthy oh you're right yeah your your hands are that high up sometimes yeah and yeah especially it's like as on your wrists yeah it, oh it's yeah. so bad for your wrists i i've really come into a realization that i have to have the piano Either here at, right. at the like the keyboard, like your typical keyboard level for a uh, computer that is, um, at like waist level, I guess. Instead of having because you can't play piano like this. This is this is just ridiculous. Right. And but you shouldn't play piano like this because this also isn't a natural position for your hands. Your wrists need to be need to be straight instead of bent which way or another because that over a long period of time will cause all sorts of issues. Mm-hmm. And I, that's why I kind of feel, because when I play, when I play, play my bigger pieces that I can actually play, always I'm feeling this tension right here in my, uh, my forearm. Yeah. Because I don't know if I'm overextending. I don't know if it, and. So th- that, that's all in their nerve possibly. Yeah. Po- yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't know what yeah. it is. And now that you're mentioning it, maybe yeah. it's just my posture in general. Yeah. Yeah. So, Could be. One thing I've been uh, doing a lot recently is this one exercise that I found online, and it's just finding a blank space of wall and pushing back against it so that way mm. your shoulders are touching, the small of your back is touching, and then your head is touching as well. And that I is do that. That's reset. one of my PT exercises. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so, well, I do that, and then I kind of lift my arms. Lift your arms, same, yep. Picture that's like a snow you know. angel. Yes, we call it a wall angel. Yeah. Yep, so I do that. And then uh, you can also, if you're trying to strengthen – your muscles in the back of your neck, you can do what you just said, tuck your chin. That's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. When you're against a wall, you need to tuck your chin. Um, and then you can like kind of push your thumbs on your chin. Yeah. And, and resist training. It. Yeah. yeah. And that builds the muscles in the back of your neck, which helps to pull your head back. And yeah, that's another, if, if any of you have uh, like bad necks or you wake up and your neck is like beyond stiff, one thing you can do is grab the side of your head. Uh, say if you're grabbing, you put your arm above your head and you grab the left side of your head. You just gently tilt your head to the left and you and your ha- hand is just there to stop your head. And just that kind of small resistance training will help your neck feel way better and it'll, it'll help loosen up those muscles. Even now, as I'm doing it right now, oh, I'm, I can feel it. And just doing those kind of resistance exercises. And you can do that from looking side to side or tilting side to side. And it's it's so helpful, especially in the morning when you yeah, do that. That's so great. The other thing with that is get a different pillow. Possibly. Oh, yes, so need... check out your pillow. Yes. What, you, what you should do is lie down in your pillow, uh, like lie down in bed, and have someone take a picture of you from the mm-hmm. side. And you'll be able to tell pretty quickly if, you're, right. if your neck is like being pushed forward by the pillow or possibly your pillow is too thin mm-hmm. and then your and neck's too far back. And you're at a crick. 
yeah, you'll yeah. probably you'll be able to see if if you try a few pillows. Your back needs to is. be your spine needs to be in line with itself. So yeah, yeah definitely check your pillows. Um, you don't want to because I know I know so many p- people have a billion pillows. And when they right. lay down, I lay down on my side. So usually, um, if so you I'm, need a thicker pillow. Well, yeah, yeah, if yeah. You sleep yeah. on your side. Yep. Yeah. So especially if I'm like trying to watch something, I like you know you typically like to have your head straight up. So I have two of these pillows that have my neck at this like 45 degree angle, and it's and I can feel it after a while. It's horrible. But so always make sure, especially if you're like like a bedtime reader as well. Oh, you yeah. you can't lay down and then prop your head up. Cause that and like have your head head chucked in like this, because that's gonna that's gonna hurt after a while. You have to, and and I know this is annoying, but if you want to read in bed, you have to like at least you can lay on your side and do it, or lay on your back and then hold it up. But that gets tiring after a while too. I've come up with so many contraptions to yeah, hold yeah, like yeah. my phone or my right, TV right. or my uh my book just above me because it's so tedious to hold your. Hold your book like this, like look at it. Um, TDSN can aggravate if you do have nerve issues. Mm-hmm. Gripping anything like that can aggravate. Oh yeah, those issues. Yeah, too. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you're I, having, you know, in in your arm down here, holding a book up like that is not going to not going to help not gonna either. Feel good, yeah. No, so you definitely have to get the right pillow for for you. If you're a back sleeper, you don't need a million pillows at all. You should only have like one kind of thinner pillow. Yeah, yeah, and you know this also comes into like getting like like body pillows as well because and people th- people don't realize how much cuz you're sleeping if you're a doing it properly a third of your life yeah. a third of a third of your life like yeah. 8 8 hours uh some people more some people Even less more, a yeah. day and your body i've i've realized it cuz i was kind of like in a in a depressed depressive state after college cuz i didn't know what to do with myself so yeah, yeah. um I would always spend my my days in bed watching TV or whatever and uh bed sores are a thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had no clue. So I, I would be laying on, on I typically lay on my left side cuz if you didn't know that's actually healthy for you, especially if you're feeling sick. If you mm. lay on your left side, your stomach is on your left side. Mm. So that keeps everything uh lower. If you sleep on your right side, it, it it's you're more prone to throw up because mm-hmm. it, it'll slowly make its way up. Yeah, I used to have acid reflux. Uh, well, I guess I still have acid reflux, but it used to be more of an issue. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, lying on your left side can be can be helpful. Can be for very that, for helpful. Sure. I, I learned yeah. that in Scouts, and I was like, "Oh, this is a life changer for me." Yeah, but um, yeah, man, this has been pillow talk with Corey and Liam. <laughs> this has been pillow talk. It, well, because it, it's, it's important, especially as musicians. It is important. We we have to keep our body is our is well. That's for everybody. Our body is our experience. Yeah, you know what oh, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Because if if you don't have control of your body, uh, it's it's going to be a, a painful experience. If you don't take care of your body, your body in the Bible, we talk. It, there's a lot of talk of your body is your temple, mm-hmm. and there, there's there's a lot of that talk in other spiritualities as well. But uh, it, it's really true. If you don't have, if you are in a space where you are not taking care of your body, whether it be just stretching, like even bending down in the morning to touch your toes mm-hmm. i i used to be able to touch the floor with my palms and my hands i was wow. in that much shape because i did soccer and all this, this stuff but nowadays uh i can barely reach my like ankles yeah i don't think i ever could right so, yeah good on you but uh well it, it, all it is is just just in the morning whenever you get up just take 
it, not even like five minutes. You can just take like a minute and just bend down, reach, reach for like a good thirty seconds. Don't don't overreach. Don't try to touch it. Just just bend down. Let stuff loosely hang out, sway from side to side, and then stand back up. That's all you have to do. And over time, you'll realize that uh, when I when I uh, first started this, I couldn't reach like my my calf, uh, or I would be like halfway t- down my shin. Now I can reach my ankle and the, like the tops of my tops That's of my awesome, feet. Man. Yeah, so it's it's and it it feels so much better because I used to wake up with all this lower back pain whenever yeah. I sit down. I have this lower back pain, but now that I've like really kind of stretching it out each morning, and some now I do it before nighttime too because it's a real real nice relaxer. Yeah, man. Uh, it, it's it's so it, I feel so much more more better. I feel so much more alive. I feel so much more flexible. Yeah. And as a person who used to weigh 300 pounds or over 300 pounds, feeling like you can't move destroys all your motivation. Absolutely, man. And, you know, nowadays we all have these phones and everything, so we can just listen to a podcast. We can put on the story with Corey Rousey uh, yes. when we're Rosen. doing our morning. Stri- Rosen. Rosen. Oh, no. Yeah, the, I did yeah, it the, to you So now. many people. So many people. See, last names are the worst. The last names are the worst. Why do we even have them? It, well, <laughs> it would be Seriously. really weird because then you that would be a bomb and, like, the apocalypse for anybody organizing any like imagine social security system if everyone had the same like, only had a first name <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, no yeah, middle yeah, name yeah. no last yeah, name yeah, yeah. that would be a that would be apocalyptic but yeah um what were we talking stretching we were talking about stretching yeah yeah or you were talking about like listening to your phone oh well yeah well i was just saying you can just I mean, there's so many things you can do to entertain yourself while you're doing stretching. Like right. stretching oh, doesn't yeah, have yes. to be tedious. It doesn't have I mean, to be tedious, yeah. and it doesn't have to be painful either. Like yeah. there, there's an exercise where you're literally laying on your bed or the floor or whatever, and all you do is you you prop your knees up to like a like a 45 degree angle. So you're on your back, have your knees for like 45 degree angle. You push on the bed, and you just lift up your back. You just keep it there for like mm-hmm. for like. Uh, however long you can hold it there and you'll start to feel it in your in your glutes and your in the back and it, it's a really good stretch and that's good to feel it yeah in your in your glutes and your abs yeah yeah if you feel in your lower back you're not doing it right right yeah um, so adjust so you, yeah adjust and it, even even simpler than that just in that same position just rock your knees side to side and go as far as you can and that that's a that's another good stretch for uh, your the side of your back muscles. I I'm not a, I'm not a, an Adam and and the what, uh, I'm not a person who knows the muscles. Oh yeah, nor uh, do I. I don't know any anatomy or much anatomy, but you'll yeah. really work out the sides of your muscles and you'll and you'll start to feel strong again and feel yeah, yeah. motivated. And that's so, like when you're being unhealthy to your body, it's it affects your mental capability as well. Absolutely. Yeah, and it, it, it's really... It's a spiral, man. It's, yeah, it's, a, if, it's a downward spiral. Yeah, if you don't exercise, you don't sleep as well. If you don't sleep as well... If you don't well, get outside. Well, yeah, that too, that, yeah. Even going outside is so important, and we learned this a lot during the pandemic. Um, being able... When we're all cooped up inside, like, suicide rates went up. All these oh, yeah. well, like, in, drug addictions In Alaska, up. suicide rates are... Oh, are beyond, because they have yeah, six months have of darkness. Sun. Right, yeah. So it's... It, yeah. Getting that vitamin, vitamin D, D yeah. is so important to your mental health and so important, 
especially when you're like right now i live in an apartment where i have no like curtains for my bed but it's mm-hmm. been so nice waking up to the morning light and being oh, wa- yeah. woken up like that it, it, it's really because like, usually when you wake yeah. up in like a dark room it's just groggy feeling i don't want to get out of bed whatever but it, it, when you wake up to the morning light at first, it's, like, annoying because it's, like, mm-hmm. I want to go back to bed. But slowly, it's, I've been there for a week now, but now I kind of welcome the morning light because it, it, it helps me. Time, okay, it's time to wake up, and I'm, I'm not groggy. I'm refreshed. Yeah, I, I feel refreshed. And that's it, – it, uh, we, as a society, have kind of put our health aside for a long time. Um, and we've only recently been able to – to have the capacity to care about our health. Right. Uh, and we try to address, and we realize that we need to think about health to some extent, but the way we address it is with like processed foods that say, I am healthy on no. the package. Yeah, processed if I, foods. If I eat one of these protein bars, that's good for the day, right? It's not. You have yeah. to eat your fruits and vegetables. Right. You have to. And processed foods is like an American thing. You, you, there's, oh yeah. You would net you, you wouldn't find that in Europe. And there's so, and one of the funniest things I, I, I find hilarious about Europe and like their whole system is that the portion sizes are insanely smaller. Yeah, unless you're in Germany. But, uh, well, yeah, right, yeah. See, even yeah. in Germany though, the portion sizes are large, but they're large. Good uh, food with sauerkraut and yeah. red cabbage. All these fermented foods are incredibly good for gut health and mm-hmm. full of vitamins and minerals. What they eat I, salads constantly. Every mm-hmm. single meal has a giant salad, and so. that's also healthy. Like eating a salad, but or one thing about eating habits, I've learned. Uh, I go to Overeaters Anonymous because I I want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Um, because I realize I'm not being healthy for myself. Uh, is that drinking water when you're feeling hungry mm. can oftentimes fill your hunger because you, people don't realize that they're that they're actually just thirsty. Yep, yep. And so yep. If, if you're ever feeling like you need a snack or you're trying to lose weight, if you ever feel like you're hungry, try drinking like a like like maybe a half a bottle of water or something like that, and see how you feel after that because. You'll know when you're actually hungry. Yeah, yeah. But it's been the case that we're, we live in such a abundant society that at the twinge of hunger, up oh, it's time for a bag of chips. Absolutely. And and when you eat uh, processed foods, foods like that, they don't really satisfy you. No, so and you, you still have to feel keep hungry. going. And yeah. there was a whole experiment done with that with McDonald's of how McDonald's food um, in uh, for most people. I'm not, I don't want to say anything. Don't I don't give legal advice, um, but uh, it nor it, medical advice. Nor medical advice. I I I, <laughs> I I am not liable for any for anything. I'm just giving my I'm opinions. I'm not liable for anything. <laughs> Nothing. Corey Rosen. Um, but uh, like their their food makes you feel more hungry afterwards. It's not filling. It's not satisfying. Um, I've been, and oh my gosh, right. the amount of. It's so hard to get out of because I'm trying to get out of it, but your body is so atoned and used to getting these this crappy food that doesn't really that doesn't really do anything, and it just stores fat anyway. It's not giving you actual genuine sugars that you need. Um, it's just getting you all these unnatural like all this fructose syrup, this corn syrup yep. that it tastes really good, but it's horrible for your body. And getting out of that is so so hard 
uh, it's because your body rejects the healthy food. It, it, it your your bowel system gets completely yep. redone, totally. and it's painful because your body is re- having to reset to. And that's that's something a lot of people have problems like trying to get into keto or trying to get into mm-hmm. like a, a vegan yeah, you get diet the flu or for a couple of days. Yeah, they have they ha- yeah. they feel so horrible for the for the it's because it, it's almost like an addiction that your body has to because yeah. you go through with withdrawals you go through um these cravings that you you need to have something sweet you need to yeah. have it you need to have that you need you need to have that hit you need to have that high yeah and that's so hard to get out of oh it is man i've done keto a few times yeah and it yeah and i know exactly what you're talking about yeah you almost feel sick for a couple of days so then after that you, you feel, feel great perfect. for the rest of it yeah and it, it's and that's i feel like that's a whole another thing of american society has to go through is that we've been so comfortable for so long that at the slightest pain or the slightest whatever absolutely we immediately like go to the doctor or we immediately give up and right. that's that's something i feel like we have to turn around because there is no there is no gain without suffering yeah, there is no growth without failure. Yep. You, you got it, and this is something I've been learning a lot is that you have to take. The government can't do anything, everything for you, and everyone at some point, the bill stops with you, and yep. you have to do something. Granted, you can have people that can help you keep accountable, but it's it's your choice to start. Right, and all it takes is a start. And, and some people have a harder time than others. Oh yeah, for, for sure. sure. And yeah. it and it's but you work with what you're given. Yeah, you you got to work with what you're given and you got to build to your future. You can't I it it upsets me that people just wait for things to happen to them. Yeah. Cuz right. you especially as like musicians, you can't wait for the next big thing. You 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 never you never you can't sit around and wait for a gig. No. You have to go no. out to your open mic. You have to go out to you have to network and do all these different things. Um, Absolutely true. So, segue from from the health talk with Corey. Alrighty. How did you network into the multiple bands that you've been in? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, well, I would say, uh, yeah, going to open mics. Just you know, I mean, you can call it networking, but it's really just just going enjoying places, spending you know. time with people. You know. And like when it comes to like, I guess like really for me, networking is maybe like remembering people's names and everything, which I'm terrible at. Oh, absolutely. So I would never say I'm a master networker, but you know, you remember how people make you feel, uh, how people treat you, mm-hmm. and uh, and you remember how people play too. You know. Oh yeah, for sure. It's um, definitely you have to. That, that is one pressure you have to be aware of is that you kind of have to always be on your A game, uh, or at least your B game. Well, yeah, because if you're not, like, why are you even doing it? Why? Yeah, you know? that's. Um, I'll, I'll I'll actually contest it a little bit. Um, we, me and uh, Nathan Arden, mm-hmm. uh, we had talked about how, at you know, at the old Telus Mike with mm-hmm. that uh, that Bjorn used to host. Hey, shout out Jake Joyce. He's taking over that open mic tonight. Oh, he is? Actually, it's starting again tonight, yeah. Yeah, that, uh, well, I, I, it's been going on for a while now. Yeah. Just, I think 
people. Yeah, they're rotating uh, the yeah. hosts monthly. Yeah, so it's Jake Joyce's month. But okay, but yeah. yeah, I'm definitely gonna be checking it out tonight. Um, it starts at what six or seven? Uh, I don't know. Check out Facebook. Check out Facebook. Yeah. I think seven. Yeah, something I, like that, or maybe yeah. six. Well, I, tell us has always been weird because it, what do I know? Yeah, it's it's always been weird, but um, uh, what were we talking? About? Uh, you were talking about Nate Arndt. Yeah, yes, you- we we had talked about how um, because in the in the past at Telus, mm. uh, there have been acts that weren't at least up to my standards of what an act should be. They they weren't as professional. They weren't as clear cut. They weren't as uh. You talking about my band, man? No, no, no not at all. Trying, I'm just joking. Um, but there, there, there was a guy that came up with like, like a, like a, a really, really cool, like old style synth electronica piece. Mm. Um, and he was playing interesting music. It just, first off, it wasn't for me. But I, 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 I didn't, I didn't consider it to be like good, and yeah. I. I, I I like ragged on him in my mind, and I, I realized you can't do that because everyone everyone's on their journey, uh, and who knows where he's at in his journey of being a musician? Uh, maybe he's just starting out. Maybe he's experimenting. And the last thing I want to do is discourage somebody from doing music. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, this industry and so many other you know industries, creative ones especially, are just so competitive. Mm-hmm that you feel uh, like like that that sort of uh just you know natural human instinct to uh try to put other people down to to bring yourself up uh is you know uh, even more extreme in this industry you know so it's totally natural to have that kind of feeling uh what you definitely well i mean you want to try to work to minimize that mm-hmm. obviously but the you know that's a lifelong process the thing that you can do right now is to not verbalize any of that i'm not talking about you well, but, I, well, no, but it, i mean it's, it's and like true. you say you didn't say the guy's name which is key you mm-hmm. know i think i think that's uh yeah when when people uh you know talk uh badly of other people and and name them it's just uh i don't know that's not going to help like no, it's not going to help you. Like it's anyone. not going to help them. Yeah, it's, it's not just help bad. Anyone. You can give like feedback. Um, you know, if it's you know direct feedback. You know, if it's like the place and time for it. But it's uh, yeah, it's really tough, man. Because I have all those instincts myself, and I've absolutely talked badly about people all the time. And then every time I do it, I regret it. You know. Yeah, so right. Like I said, it's a lifelong. It's a yeah, for sure. It it's so hard because. Um, because it is so competitive, we have to realize that every opportunity isn't, or every lost opportunity isn't a lost opportunity. It's just an opportunity for different opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. And if someone gets a gig that you didn't get, well, if you're, maybe you should just be friends with that person. Yeah. And then if they have something else come up, maybe they'll ask you to, or they'll recommend you to fill in for them. Right. You you can't, you can't, you shouldn't, you should never feel sorry for yourself because that's going to that's going to end your career very quickly if you continue to feel sorry for yourself. You have yeah. to you have to roll with the punches and you have to keep going. And yeah. and you know je- jealousy is is a hard thing to deal with. But you can't just be jealous of everybody because then you start drama and then you start uh you start burning bridges and that can never really be rebuilt, especially if you've 
never had a connection with that person before. Yeah. You're you're wasting more opportunities by by bad mouthing others than you are creating better opportunities. And no one no one wants to go to uh like bad vibes. You know what I mean? No one wants no. It, it's awkward for everybody. It's not only awkward for you and the person, but it's awkward for everybody and people are going to be turned off by that. Absolutely. You'll lose a lot of gigs that mm-hmm. you don't even know that you lost mm-hmm. by saying something negative about someone in the presence of someone else. Yeah, because especially in Lancaster where everyone you is, have no idea you lost. Yeah. This amazing gig. Yeah. It, it's especially when in, in this community where it's so connected. Everybody knows everybody. Absolutely. And there's word travels like lightning in the music industry. Absolutely it does. And even more so nowadays with social media with social and media. the internet and everything like that. And especially when, when there's <laughs> there's a group of people that specifically look out for these things anyway. Yeah. Because I'm sure there are yeah, many groups of people. Yeah, that, that yeah. look out for specific things and will tear you to pieces because they are envious or and you just you just can't be a part of that you have to separate and remove yourself from because negativity only breeds negativity absolutely hate breeds hate and that's not what it's about it's all about love really it comes down to it Um, and again we have you know we have these reactions you know am i i myself absolutely included you know mm -hmm. have like a negative reaction of jealousy or or um disdain i guess yeah. yeah and then you know it's something i just try to uh try to reconcile with you know also always being supportive you know mm-hmm. outwardly um even even if you didn't like to act you can you can always go up and say hey you i'm really proud of you thanks for going for up here. there thanks for being here yeah even yeah. just simple as that if you can't think of anything nice to say just say hey thanks for being here that was and you know Thanks for being here. That's all you have. That's all you have to say. You don't have to lie to them and be like, "I liked your set," or yeah. whatever. But you can just say, "Thanks for being here. It's good to see you." Or you, yeah. you can just make that deeper co- connection, and that's gonna help you so much more, uh, infinite and so much infinitely more than going up to someone else and triangling yeah. them by saying, "Dude, that guy kind of sucked." <laughs> yeah. Right. And like you said earlier, man, uh, like the best way to get better is to have, uh, is to just go for it and mm-hmm. fail. Mm-hmm. You know, when when you fail, you you will succeed down the road. Yeah, it's, and we've all been there. I've played plenty of gigs that uh, were extremely, uh, well, yeah, just not very good. You want to talk know, about one I've, of them? Oh man, you want to talk about your worst case? Like I'm not good with these falls stories, or... man. Every every time I know I'm on the story podcast, but every time you ask for a story, I just no. It, it happens every single time. I should have brought a list. Every I need time, to write an autobiography. Well, it, I'm sure a lot of people will buy it, right? I'm sure. Well, you know <laughs> what? It, well, if since you have fans, you know people are gonna people are gonna be interested. That's why so many people are are well, a few like people are interested in this podcast because people want to hear about it. Um, yeah. And they want to know, what, like, what makes Liam Galliano Liam Galliano? Yeah, it's the hair mostly. It's the, it's, yeah, it's the hair and the bass playing. <laughs> yeah. um, but do you do you have any of those off the top of your head you can think of, where like a bass string pops off? Oh, or? here's a good example, man. I was, uh, and and this goes to uh, like like if I could give you like one big tip for 
for being like a, a sideman musician. Um, well, two, it's to always be prepared and to show up on time. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. early, really, really early. Yeah, yeah, early, early is, is on time. time. Absolutely. Yep. And uh, and so this one gig I was running way behind on, and uh, and I like got on the stage like just as like we were playing the first tune, and I was in the wrong tuning. Oh, I was no. like I was like in drop D, and I could hear it right away as soon as i played the first note i'm like oh no and i'm trying to retune it and like the song like kicks in you know like a second later so i just absolutely i'd like so i was like oh well it's okay i'm a good bass player right i can just play with the wrong tuning and it's just, just terrible yeah, yeah. The, uh, well yeah this is why you should never change your tuning bass players <laughs> never. just because the guitarist changes doesn't their tuning doesn't mean you have to that's the takeaway here or another i wasn't doing it wrong I, I wasn't, wasn't in the wrong. wrong. It was their it was fault. The guitar player. It was the guitar. It's yeah. the guitarist propaganda. That's my they've, third they've lesson. Been you. Is it? It's always the guitar player's fault. Um, it's always the leads. Yeah, it's always the leads issue. Absolutely. But well, another another workaround that is practicing in drop D. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that'll come in useful at some point. Oh, totally. And it sounds completely different too. It like was, even yeah. you can play the exact same riff and the exact same key in standard and then in drop D. It's and good. it'll sound totally different. Completely different feel. Yeah, it's sure. all it's all about getting as many colors in your palette as possible. Yeah. Um talk to me about how figuring out the extremities of the bass, like you can do harmonics and all that stuff and like chord yeah. figures. Talk to me how you started like getting into that and kind of like kind of like cuz it's a science, really. Yeah, some of it is for sure. Yeah, a lot of it's mathematical. I um well, I don't know, man, for whatever reason, I just was always more interested in what kind of sounds I can get with my hands, mm. uh, as opposed to like what kind of sounds I can get with effects and, and amps and everything. And I love all that stuff too. Like Tom Morello from Rage Against Machines, one of my favorite guitar players. And he is all about, you know, crazy mm-hmm. effects all the time. But I just, when I sit down, if I have like three hours to practice, you know, and if I'm like going in there and I've done this, like thinking uh, I'm going to learn, I'm going to dial in my reverb. I'm going to dial in like this effect that I might use on certain songs. I just five minutes in, I'm like, I, this is the most boring thing I've heard. <laughs> I, it just doesn't excite me at all. Not even in the slightest. And then, you know, if I like sit down and I'm like, well, what can I do with my hands to try to, you know, add some, something like reverb or some other, you know, technique that I can spend all day on. I mean, three hours is up and I'm, I'm like, man, I wish I could just keep going. Right. It's so you can do so much with every instrument that like watching Robin, for example. Oh yeah. She like once her string, like once her Mm -hmm. horse hairs break on her bow, she's playing with her bow. Mm -hmm. One, if one of her strings break, oh, well she'll play with the, she'll play the same thing on another string. Yeah. And she's insane. Oh yeah, she's incredible. It's absolutely insane. Um, Everyone you've had on this podcast is, absolutely, is yeah. like top tier, top tier, incredible, incredible musicians around Lancaster. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm excited to have more of that on. If if you're yeah, listening and you want to be, if you think you have the stuff, yeah. Not I'm not that posh, but uh, if if you're <laughs> if you want to be on, I can have you on. It's not a problem at all. I'm willing to have anybody on. I'm having. You know the the range here is that your local gig musician that goes out to an open mic every every Monday or whatever, 
Yeah. And then uh, the upper echelons of that is uh, I'm having a Grammy Award winner on. So oh yeah, man. I, I'm ex- I'm dude. exciting. It, I mean, you it, haven't it, announced that yet, have you? I have not, but oh, now that's I have. Exciting, <laughs> exciting. Yeah, it's, that's coming in here June, first, folks. I think. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. So, you've interviewed a lot of bass players too. Yeah, you obviously two of them. have a. Um, yeah, yeah, well, so three now. Yeah, Nathan Arden, was Henry, it? and Nate. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's true. I always think of Nate as a as a bass player, but I oh, guess really? he. That's how I because when I first met him, he was playing bass. Mm. But yeah, I, I guess he does more acoustic guitar, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's well, he's a killer a, bass player too, though. Really, I didn't know he that. Is. Yeah, he's killing. I haven't really seen him play. Well, I got that's not true. I've played with him on bass, but maybe I just haven't seen him. Uh, you just don't think of that as his primary thing, which makes no, sense. Yeah. I play acoustic guitar, but you don't think of me as an acoustic guitar player, right? But yeah. uh, but also, I, I never saw him like really jam out on a on a bass. I've just seen yeah. him do more of like a of a some like basic thing. Totally, dude. But. You know, his reason is called basic. Ha 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 ha. Because that's what that's, that's what you should be doing on a bass. Yeah. A lot of times when you see people, you know, going nuts on bass, a lot of times it's uh they're not actually playing what the song is calling for. Not always. That's an interesting But a lot of times. If you want to hear more about that conversation, you can tune in to our Facebook live. Uh find us at facebook.com slash the story Corey rosen that's c-o-r-y-r-o-s-e-n you can follow us there uh we're gonna go back to the radio so we're gonna hear a few pieces from liam galliano himself do you want to introduce your first piece uh yeah so uh the, the first one is it haiku is that the first yeah. one here? yeah so this is just a tune i wrote and it's on and i do sing on it unfortunately um <laughs> but the bass sounds good and uh yeah it's just one bass and and vocals. Yeah, we we should state that Liam considers considers himself a bassist. Yes, I'm a, a bassist and a, a vocalist in training. So yeah. you are you're seeing me on my journey here. And with that said, here's haiku. <laughs> Thank you. 
comes from such a brief life lived so Haiku by Mr. Liam Galliano. Uh, do you want to introduce your next piece we have before we go back to regular radio music? Sure. So, which one are you playing? Pencil or where do we go? Which one do you want to, want to introduce? Which, uh, one's lo- which one's longer, I guess? Where do we go? Let's do that one. So, oh, that's, yeah, that's fine. This is uh, Ben Brandon's Soul Miners Union. This is my main gig nowadays. Um, and it's just kind of a blues rock funk band. Uh, from from this area, from Harrisburg. Is there any backstory to this? Where do we go? This it. Oh, the 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 tune itself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ben wrote the lyrics actually. Um, uh, right right before recording it. Out, oh really? Out in L.A. Yeah, but this is a live recording. Uh, from from when we played at the Anglewood. So, okay. Yeah, and Joe. So Ben Brown guitar, obviously, and then Joe Shadows on drums is a total monster. Cool, cool. So hopefully you dig. What's one thing we should take away from the song? Uh, you should let your hair down and and rock out. Let your hair down and rock out. Well, here yeah. is where do we go by what the Ben Brandt Ben, ben Brandt and the Soul Miners Union. And the Soul Miners.
that was where do we go so liam it's been wonderful having you on the radio where can uh these lovely people find you uh yeah so you can find me on facebook or youtube instagram too just uh yeah liam galliano okay um do you have anything on spotify or yeah so on spotify i just have my christmas album <laughs> which is just yeah playing solo bass and and um my girlfriend Anna sings on a couple tunes too. 
who um, is also an, a phenomenal singer, I must say. She absolutely is. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, just look up Liam Galliano on the web. I think I'm the only one. <laughs> pretty sure so i think if you just google liam galliano you'll you'll find my stuff um and then you know that band we just listened to that i play with is uh ben brand and the soul miners union so same thing with that just google that cool what what, what events can are, sh- are coming up for you yeah so let's see this coming sunday i have an open mic at iron spire in adamstown then the wednesday after that i have an open mic at village house what times are those uh so this sunday one o'clock at Iron Spire Complex, and then Wednesday at 6. And then the next thing I have is uh, Ben Brand Solmeyer's Union is opening for Gabe Stillman down at Soundbank. That's on May 14th. That's cool. So, yeah, he he's a monster guitar player. So that'll be fun. All right, well, if you want to listen to us more, you can follow us on facebook.com forward slash the story, Corey Rosen, that's C-O-R-Y-R-O-S-E-N. We will continue having a conversation on there. As for the radio... It's time to listen to some more music. All right, well, that's that. So we were talking about um, what it was like to start singing and developing your voice um, rather than your bass playing. You want to talk about that? Yeah, so I have always... I've always been a, a songwriter. Um, I mean, ever since I started playing bass pretty much when, when I was 17. Um, and so, you know, part of that is I've always wanted to be able to sing, you know, the songs I write. <laughs> and back in high school, I just did it. You know, <laughs> when I like in that first band, I was in with my brother and another dude. Um, I was the singer mm. and I listened back to those. I'm like, yeah, that didn't sound very good. But in the moment I would, you know, I just, I had that high school arrogance and I just, uh, you know, or if I should maybe fearlessness, you know, yeah, right. and I just, so I just mm. went for it. Then in college, uh, that fearlessness was being out of me. And so now I'm on the other side of that trying to actually, I'm taking lessons now and I'm actually trying to, to learn how to sing correctly and, yeah, I think a lot of it is just confidence, honestly, which is e- much easier to say than, than to do. Actually yeah. getting it. I think if I just had more confidence, I would sound better. Mm-hmm. But it's like, and I know that, but then how do I actually have, you know, gain that confidence? Any voice teacher will tell you to open your mouth and actually go for it. And that's yeah. the hardest thing you can do it, as a singer, because yeah. especially if you already have this in your mind that I don't sound good. Right. Um, It's, it's hard to open up your mouth and actually sing with all your heart and all your mind because that's it's very once hard. once you do that you're gonna sound great but it's it's all the contractions self like the the yeah unconscious movements you make with your mouth that really yeah, affect yeah. your performance yeah i didn't realize how i because i took voice lessons because i figured as a composer who's writing lyrics for like for someone to sing especially writing a musical i should figure out how should I get them to make this kind of sound or how, right. cause you know, there's different ways of singing, like the way Sam sings, Sam, Amelia. Oh yeah. The yeah. way, the way she sings versus the way someone like Bjorn Jacobson or oh, Nathan yeah. Arndt sing. It's completely different. Completely and, different. And you can tell with their, like their mouth shapes are completely. Well, yeah. And well, especially in Bjorn's case, like 
if I or if anyone else tries to sing like Bjorn, gonna we're going to blow voice. out our voice in five seconds. Yeah, and it, yeah, you can't sing like Louis Armstrong and get away with it. No. <laughs> without yeah. at least smoking a million. Uh, right. And uh, that blows out your voice, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, my my uh, my vocal teacher, uh, shout out Keith Harker, was was telling me about Tom Waits, mm. uh, Tom Waits's vocal cords and how they're just like destroyed from singing the way that he does, and yeah, smoking cigarettes constantly, and yeah. he's got that incredible voice, but yeah, his vocal cords are just are just completely trashed. Yeah. yeah, and so you know, like you can say I want to sound like Tom Waits, but. You just kind of can't. You can't. You yeah, can't. Yeah. And just try to sound like yourself. It, yeah, you know? that, that's the main thing. You know, it, Emma, we kind of talked about this a little bit um, with Nathan, and uh, I think only Nathan. But uh, we, we, you can only. There's only one Jimi Hendrix. There's only one Duke Ellington. There's only yeah. one Louis Armstrong. There's only yeah. one Aretha Franklin. There's only one yeah. of whoever you want to pick from. There, right. There's no way you're going to be able to sound exactly like them because you you are not them. Right. You have to be you. Yep. And yeah, you, there stuff that can be said to be like emulation and then like tributes and stuff like that. Uh, th- that's that's fair. But if if you are right. starting your career and you're and you set set off with the idea that I'm going to be a country star singer and I'm going to sound exactly like Johnny Cash, no, you're not. Right. And people are are going to see that as in as fake essentially. Absolutely. Well, a good example is like Greta Van Fleet who is a killer rock band. I mean, they're amazing, but, like, the first single they dropped is basically a clone of, like, a Led Zeppelin tune. Oh, yeah? I mean, so, yeah, so when that when that dropped, like, I remember thinking myself, and I know a lot of other people I talked to were just like, well, who is this band? Why are they pretending to be Led Zeppelin? Right. You know, like, and, mm-hmm. and they have tons of original music that sounds amazing and does not sound like a ripoff of Led Zeppelin, but that first song that, you know, reached popularity kind of yeah you there the way to make if you want to make authentic fans like legit fans of your work you you can't leech off of other people's yeah. work sound like yourself sound like yourself Because the other thing is like people like when you gain fans you're those people are going to want to hear you, you performing the way that they heard you at the beginning mm-hmm. or you know that they call it selling out if you like if you mm-hmm. like change your sound later and so the thing is like if you start out with an inauthentic sound later if you like decide that you want to have a more authentic sound you could you could see how your fans might actually like perceive that as like selling out or like changing your sound or something right you, you know al- what i mean yeah you always want to start out as your authentic self yeah build if- fans on who you actually are and then you never have to change yeah, and and even if even if you go into different genres, you're, you're, it's still going to be you anyway. Yeah, uh, I know some fans will disagree with that, but who honestly, if you if you you got to do you, and people are going to respect you for that much more yeah. much more so than if you did what you know like a, a corporation told you to do or uh like whatever else told you to do. You got to do what you want to do, and you have yeah. to do it like you would do it. Yeah, because again, you're choosing to devote your life to this career, mm-hmm. or maybe it's a hobby for you. But either way, why would you not do it the way that's the most authentic and the most fun and the you. most expressive yeah. and fun? Yeah, yeah. I mean, whether you're devoting your life to it or you're devoting your free time after being, you know, finishing with your desk job for the day, 
either way, like, why would you not do it? Right. I wouldn't want to spend my free time being someone else. No. Yeah. Um. So we. So I've gone through voice lessons because I know that I'm not the best singer. Um. However, this didn't occur to me at, at first because yeah. I was a uh, I was the lead in Shrek. I was the lead in some of my high school musicals, mm-hmm. and so I thought I was mm. the person, the Sounds man. Sounds like me, man. Yeah. Like, or just I mean, I didn't have those accolades, but I just mean having the high school fearlessness. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. well, it wasn't that. It was more of it was more of a affirmation mm. that I yeah. I was able to do this. So it, it was more of pe- people like. People had always said during my life that you're a really good singer. Wow, you can sing really well. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, you're so amazing. I want you to sing this for me. And one of the funnier things growing up is that uh, people said that my singing sounds a lot like Al City. Al City. Al City. Yeah, I mm. would sing along to Fireflies, and people would be like, "You sound just like him." So yeah. I tried to emulate him even more. That. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, right. But uh, try to lean into it. Try to lean into it and try yeah. to make that like, oh, it's the Al City guy. But uh, not anymore. But I, it, it kind of hit me during my senior year when people started to kind of look down on me of of getting these bigger parts. They they uh, it's something I don't know what changed, but something changed, and um, they I I started to feel it that oh maybe I don't have all this stuff that I thought that I had, and that kind of that hit that 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 would hit you hard in some yeah. places. But uh, it really hit me in college when I kind of had this imposter syndrome. I don't know if you, you probably don't know much about this college, but some of the musicians that come through here, even the professors that have worked on like they've worked on Broadway, they've they've been in uh you know the Philharmonics, they've conducted mm-hmm. the Philharmonics uh, of the you know like Seattle, New York City, uh, Philadelphia. They've you know they they know what they're th- they've been to Peabody. They've done this. They yeah. they always praise the caliber of musicians. They they uh our director of vocal studies has said that the caliber of musicians singers especially here rival that of Peabody Institute, which mm. is like one of the top music in the world. So hearing that like in and yeah. growing up with these colleagues of mine that are absolutely incredible singers, like right. almost all of my yeah, I think this is actually a true statement. Most of my uh, freshman class musical theater majors are working at Sight and Sound right now, wow. or or doing or you know working at the Fulton Theater in their production That's of awesome. The Little Mermaid right now. Um, so it, it's com- coming here, hearing those, and then just having just having had my whole vocal repertoire like kind of bashed on, dude. Yeah. That's hard. I know, man. Did um and I assume that's uh, was that kind of like the story for you in some aspects, or were, uh, did you always just kind of hate your voice and? Yeah, no, I I mean I think I felt pretty confident in high school, and then when I got to college, yeah, I mean, let's see, okay, so I think part of it too was that in high school and then in college too, I was mostly in like the punk and rock mm. and metal scene, that kind of thing. Where well, maybe not metal as much, but like punk and like punk especially your voice doesn't have to be a certain thing you just it is all about just 
going after just going and just like, singing. Yeah, it's loudly and this Gun, Guns and Roses or Carry On My Wayward Son. Whoever's yeah. well, whoever. those yeah, but those guys are actually like have great ranges well, and everything. Well, yeah, too. but they, they aren't the traditional sounding people. They they yeah, they yeah. they, they right. love to have those neutral thirds and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. But but yeah, so I think maybe part of it is that I was performing that kind of music and I was writing my own music too a lot. So then I think when I got to college. And yeah, just being around great singers all the time maybe maybe made me feel, you know, a little less good about myself. But also just getting hired for gigs, um, and then maybe having to learn how to sing other people's songs, and not in a punk context. I think is where I like would listen back to myself and be like, "Ooh, Ooh. you do not sound good. You yeah. sound all right. You sound all right for your own, you know, your own punk music." But yeah, not all these, not all these covers or other people's music. And I'm really bad uh, at harmonizing too. Oh yeah, you know. Oh, I'm I'm terrible. I'm terrible at pitch accuracy. Which again, for punk, Doesn't and if matter. I'm the only singer, who cares? Yeah. You know. But yeah, man, I uh, I'm terrible at singing pitch accuracy, which is a bummer because I actually have a decent ear now on the instrument oh, i'm sure by playing bass I mean, yeah yeah i mean grew, you know growing up or learning on the instrument i actually was always more focused on reading music mm. uh than i was on actually learning by ear uh so so i never had the strongest ear but by now my ear on the instrument is pretty good too it, it essentially to be like a side musician that just was like hey i want you to play yeah, yeah. I, re- I read chord charts and uh, and music and notation too which is a great asset i mean i've gotten a lot of For gigs sure. that a lot of people can't Need, get and yeah. actually i mean i've been asked for a lot of gigs that i can't do just because i'm busy and i'll and they'll say well do you have any one to recommend and i have to sit there and think huh i don't know very many bass players who actually read music henry does I'm pretty henry sure, yeah. and henry's henry. my number one recommendation man yeah henry absolutely does I, andy alonzo i play i play a little bit of Joe bass Schaefer. i don't know if yeah. you knew that but i, I oh yeah I, yeah I should well play. you said you play everything so well or you will i will eventually You're but in the i actually got um one of my friends uh not my roommate hunter wood he's the, the worship director of victory church um he was like one day i was like i i need a bass player to play for the worship team here at school yeah. and i'm like uh, I can figure out the bass. It's not that bad. It's not that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's not that hard. It's I bass know is that. easy, man. It, it, it the is beginnings. Easy. It's, yeah, yeah, the, the beginnings the of it is easy because yeah. it's like half a guitar. Yeah, str- yeah. Strings wise. Yeah, yeah. So I already knew all the all of that, and I I know the frets, and it's not that hard to figure it out. It's just counting. Yeah, it's um, like playing piano. Yeah, I mean, it's like each fret you move is one key on piano. One key on the piano, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I picked it up really quickly. I I can already read sheet music anyway. So yeah, yeah. If you need someone that can do basic stuff, you can there shout you me in there. But um, yeah, I can't man. do any crazy runs like that. I'm working on that. Yeah, well, and yeah, I mean, the thing too about like, so like on each string, it makes perfect sense. Like you go oh, up by a fret, but then yep. when you cross strings, it's, it's that's a little, where it gets a little, little uh, preposterous. Fancy. Yeah, yeah, a little silly. And uh, but yeah, man, if anyone is like thinking about like learning an instrument, uh, bass is like my number one recommend bass or drums because both are incredibly easy and to get started on to learn some of your favorite mm-hmm. songs on and they're pun intended completely instrumental to yeah. learning the basics because with drums it's rhythm yeah. if you're if you're on drums you're set with rhythm for every other instrument 
Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Well, and and bass too is yeah. If, if you're talking about transitioning to other instruments, bass is incredible because mm-hmm. to be a good bass player, you have to have incredible rhythm and time. Rhythm and but time. you also have to have uh, chordal understanding. Chordal understanding. Yep. Diatonic uh, harmony and everything. So yeah, if if you if you're a good bass player, it definitely is easier to transition to a lot of other instruments. But what I was gonna say is, bass is just so it's so rewarding too mm. because there's something about. I mean, you can just pick up a bass, have no idea what you're doing, and play a note, and it just feels, feels nice. good. Yeah, yeah, if you have like a nice amplifier, you just play a note and just like, wow, it's, I it's, just it's, made music. Well, it's it's, a, it's guitar, like guitar. It's like, bang, you know, yeah, it's, it, like, it's a little tinny, but it's yeah. like kind of like a tuba where you where you yeah. where you blast on any note on a tuba and it just fills the room with yeah. sound and you can totally. feel it in your heart but tuba is even harder than a bass to, oh like, yeah to for make sure yeah yeah but i'm, I'm just i know what you mean though, 100%. Yeah. yeah yeah you just totally feel it in your soul it's because it has all that harmonic um, overtone series yeah. the overtone series yeah so like every note on bass which by the way you know it makes it beautiful but you know with great power comes great responsibility oh, absolutely if you play two notes on a bass it's it's you're, you're it's gonna dangerous. feel like yeah. you're wiggling around in yeah. your own body yeah yeah so you have to i mean i play a lot of chords on bass and mm-hmm. one of my my rules of thumb is to pretty much almost never play more than three notes at one time gen- yeah. generally speaking especially when, when it's all down that low anyway if you get more than that it's going to be muddy as it all gets heck. muddy yeah so and now that's the beauty of harmonics too mm-hmm. on the on the bass and i like to you know play a lot of natural harmonics and touch harmonics and everything and with those you can kind of get a bass more into a guitar range Mm -hmm. while still having the low notes on the bass too you can play like the open e on a bass and then pluck yeah pluck some harmonics i mean you can do like a the fifth fret on the g string fifth fret on the d string if you pluck those harmonics then you've got an e minor seven chord and it sounds sounds great it doesn't sound muddy at all yeah you know, that's the difference between being uh, an OK bass player and then like a like a world class or a professional bass player is knowing knowing your limits. Oh, yeah. I know so many uh, bass players that just don't know when to stop. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, that's what we were saying earlier. Yeah. That's I, actually what you well, want to talk yeah, about. I want to talk about. Yeah, that is exactly what I want to talk yeah. about. So, um, um. So you, before we get to that, we'll round out the voice section of of this segment. Um, so, where you started and where you are now, how much growth do you think that you've had vocally? Vocally, or that's when, that's the most painful part of it. Is I almost feel like I'm worse off than I started, really? <laughs> like back in high school. And mm. I think really what it is is just like it's a confidence thing, you know. I think in in high school I always sang with complete confidence and I think it made me sound better and now and it's funny man because I've never had stage fright as a bass player mm. ever yeah and yeah. you know and like I said I you know I never had stage fright as a singer when I was in high school when I got to college I suddenly you know yep. out of nowhere had this terrible like stage fright when when I sing and I never got that with bass though like all through college I was just you know had no no fear of playing the yeah, bass that definitely does come down to a confidence thing for sure yeah so it's funny how that happened, man, but it's uh 
Yeah, but you know, besides that, th- that being said, I think I probably have better pitch accuracy, I hope, than I used to. And I can hear a little more when I'm off. It did used to be oh, where yeah. like I could be off by like a fifth or like like a nice sounding interval, like a fifth or a fourth the oh, yeah. entire time and have no idea and thought I was singing That's wild. on pitch. Yeah, I've always had the issue with fifths actually. I always hear fifths as the octave. Well, that that is that's a common problem people have. Yeah, I, I've noticed throughout my my years at, at yeah. the college, especially because yeah. they they sound so consonant with each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, musicianship lab where we had where we had to like transcribe or like know what what the intervals was. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So um yeah, what were you talking about? Um uh, so uh base. oh not playing too much. Not playing too much. Yeah, so Yeah, it, man. I I've always, well, just to round out the conversation on voice, I've always been pretty good at at pitch accuracy to the point where uh it was that um I got annoyed when I heard people off pitch. Oh so yeah. So hard. I can't oh, yeah. I, I can't go to But joke. you don't have perfect pitch, you just have really good I have pitch. really good ear. I don't have perfect pitch, but I I can get within the um, like I'm I'm not I'm never more than like a, a minor second off. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm. But the, like, if someone just plays a C, like you would guess it's a C or a B or a D flat. Yeah. I'm, oh wow. I'm, I'm pretty good at well, that. That sounds like perfect pitch. Well, it, it's it's rel it's relative. Jeez. Okay. Uh, it's, yeah. It's, about as close as you can get. Yeah. It's as close as you can well, get. In my mind, you. I mean, it's very close, perfect pitch. And yeah, from what I understand, you know, having perfect pitch is a blessing and a curse. Oh, because absolutely. Because you absolutely hear when people are out of tune. Yeah, that that is... Oh, and I've heard violin... If you're a violinist, you have an extra... Like, that violin, upper actually. Violin, I can hear when it's out of tune. Well, uh, yeah, that that's what hurts me when I hear an out of tune violin. Something about, like, the the, like, how high it is, maybe, or something. It sounds so shrill to me. Well, even like just violinists in general. That, oh, you mean like playing like the they, instrument? Like, well, they violinists have perfect pitch because mm-hmm. they are constantly mm-hmm. hearing themselves. Yeah. And or it's, fretless bass. It's any of these fretless so, instruments. Oh, even fretless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, dude, people play fretless basses are wizards. Yeah. Well, yeah, man. I'm so I've been learning the upright. Yeah. The last couple of years, and yeah, it is. It's wild trying to learn fretless bass is. If as the lines, it's mm-hmm. not too bad because you can just look at where the lines, where the lines are. are. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, dude, on an upright bass, especially when you get in the upper register, because in the lower register, it feels much more like an electric bass. Like it, uh, you can almost visualize the frets. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they're a little bigger, but you can, you can almost kind of visualize them. But yeah, then when when you get into the upper register, it is brutal on an upright. Yeah. So. Um let's transition to talking more about the too much playing and yeah. fitting in, fitting in your role. Yeah, man. I mean, for any instrument, it's all about serving the song period. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of popular music, uh, tends to have the bass serving the song by playing a little less than say the lead guitar. Unfortunately, we're going to have to cut this conversation short. I totally forgot that at 11 oh, o'clock, okay. someone else is coming in. Um, no worries, man. So, well, I'll definitely have you on again. Yeah, man, um, this was a blast. Yeah. And I love what you're doing. I listened to Henry's episode. It was incredible. Yeah, and I'm excited to check out the other ones too. Yeah, so 
With that said, uh, they can find you at Liam Galliano on all social platforms. Yeah, just Google Liam Galliano. You'll find me. And uh, with that, we're going to say goodbye. All right, man. Thank you so much. Yep.